0: Helping to secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, this is the Constitution Study on the America Out Loud Network, with your host, Paul Engel. If you've listened to the Constitution Study for any length of time, you should know my opinion of political parties, and it's not good. Why? Why? Because the United States is in, the mess it is in, because of actions of, by elected representatives from both parties. See, we like to blame the national debt on the president, but it was members of Congress from both parties who voted to spend us into de facto bankruptcy. Every year or two, when Congress has failed in its legal responsibility to pass a budget and 12 appropriations bills, we're treated to the hysteria around another government shutdown from both parties. And when the leadership in either party doesn't get their way, the knives come out in order to suppress dissent. Maybe now you understand why, when it comes to the donkeys and the elephants, my position is a pox on both their houses. Hello there, Everyday Americans. Paul Engel here with The Constitution Study. This is where we read and study the Constitution. We teach the rising generation to be free. I'm glad you could join me as we're going to spend some time beating up on the politicians, the political parties, and the absolute ridiculous mess that they have put us in. And we're going to be taking some stories from, well, let's say recent history to prove our point. Let's start with the uh, uh that the uh, vaunted uh, national debt. Um, the deficit, by the way, uh, was so far in, in fiscal year 2023, which ended September 30th, was 2.2 trillion dollars. That means in one fiscal year, in one year, the government federal government spent 2.2 trillion dollars more than they took in in taxes, and for most of that. Fiscal year. Guess who was in charge of the House, where most of the spending bills come from? That's right. It was the Republicans, the ones that promised to get things under control, to do something about it. So we had, you know, and and if you remember, we had a a bitter. There was a a fight at the beginning of this Congress about the speakership of the House, and a lot had to do with um, who was going to be in control and could we. Uh, could they actually do something maybe to control federal spending? And there was all sorts of, of interesting twists and turns and and all that. And, of course, you know, once the, the donkeys all said they're up, the, the elephants are in chaos, the elephants said, listen, we are tired of the chaos. We want to put some rules in effect that actually will make a difference to what's going on, not simply do the same old thing over and over again. And then here we are. We were at the end of the fiscal year. It was you know we 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 were, we had a deficit of more than two point two trillion. In fact, the deed, the specific numbers two trillion two hundred thirty eight billion four hundred twenty two million four hundred thirty one thousand four hundred sixteen dollars and forty three cents. If you want to get picky, this is according, by the way, to the U.S. Treasury. So now we're getting to the end of the year, and of course, did we uh, did did they pass a budget? No. Did the House pass uh, a, a, a appropriations bill? I don't think they passed any of the appropriations bill. In fact, they were trying to pass the appropriations bill in an attempt to avoid a a shutdown. They tried to get, what, three or four of them included, and all of those bills got shot down. Uh, So here we are, here we were, right? It's the end of the fiscal year. The the government's going to shut down, which, by the way, doesn't bother me one little bit. You know, again, the military is still going to get money. The, 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 uh, the essential personnel will still be working, the essential departments. Uh, sure, they're going to shut down some national parks. Well, there shouldn't be national parks to begin with. They're not constitutional, but that's aside. And at the last minute, we end up with this, another continuing resolution. That's right, another continuing resolution. You know, we've had two straight years, two successive years, that the federal debt was increased by more than $2 trillion each, and yet we still can't figure out how to pay our bills. So now we have a a federal debt, a total debt, of more than $33 trillion. That's over $200,000 for each American worker. So according to the Bureau of Labor and Statistics... There are 161,484,000 people employed in the United States. So if you take the $33 divided by 161 billion, uh, or, sorry, $161 million, you end up with over $200,000 that each worker owes in debt, for money that the federal government has spent that they didn't have money to pay for it. And this is under a Republican-controlled House. Don't be surprised. This has happened over Republican-controlled houses, democratically controlled houses. It keeps happening. It's been under Republican senates, uh, Democratic senates, Republican presidential administrations, Democratic presidential administrations. In fact, the uh, the Treasury Department has not recorded a decrease in the a a a, a non-deficit, right? a a a deficit, not in, incurring deficit. To the United States since 2001, that's right. There's been it has been since 2001 that there has been a balance of spending to tax revenues in the United States government. Period. Yet we keep doing the same nonsense over and over and over again. And so, so you had a a group of uh, politicians that have their own agendas and. Yep. The Republicans have an agenda and the Democrats have an agenda. And I would say even within those parties, there are different agendas for different groups, which brings me to a very interesting question. And that is, so we we come up with this continuing resolution to avoid the infamous government shutdown. You have a, a dumpster fire of our federal spending and they basically just said, "Yep, we're going to continue to throw gasoline on this fire." It's like you know, was it 9? Remember the anybody remember the book 4451, Fahrenheit 451? You know where the firemen actually were burning books? Yep, yeah, well, that's kind of what Congress is doing. They're just burning up your money because all the money they borrow. Leads all the money they spend leads to inflation. All the money they borrow leads to inflation. All the money they get the Federal Reserve to create leads to inflation. They are burning your dollar with this with, with these uh, uh, deficits and continuing resolutions. Because remember, the thing with the continuing resolution is nobody knows what's inside it. It's kind of like you—it's that Easter egg you keep hearing about, right? You you find out there's an Easter egg in a movie, and if you go to this place and this place and click this button, magically something special pops up. Well, yeah, it's the Easter egg because these CRs are generally very large. No one has the time to read them all, and it's a great place to stick in a lot um, of—we'll call it bureaucratic manure. So, uh, was it Saturday? Uh, The House passed. This continuing resolution, 335 to 91, um, 90 of the Republicans, quote-unquote, voted no. Um, but the measure passed because, well, they got a whole bunch of, of Democrats like it. And then the Senate had passed 88 to 9, meaning the majority of the Republicans in the Senate voted for it as well. And they avoided the, 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 the oh my God, we're going to shut down, life is going to end nonsense. Now, you may say, well, wow, that was a close one. We've got a few more days. It's only a forty-five-day CR, by, by the way, people. This is not a resolution of the problem. This is the definition of kicking the can down the road. Um, but before you go saying, "Wow, this is this is really great," um, there's some there's some details in there that show this for the stinking flim power pile of manure. Uh, I believe it is. See, as I said, continuing resolutions are great places to hide things because no one gets a chance to read them all until after they've passed. Now, as I understand it, there have been uh, there, one of the big contentions. The, the, the CR included just about everything the Democrats said they wanted. I say just about everything, because the one thing apparently it didn't include was f- more money for, your, for Ukraine, for the funding of a foreign war. Now, I'm sure there are people out there, especially politicians, say, we have to do that. If we don't fight the Russians over there through the Ukrainians, we'll be fighting them here in our backyard. Uh, Yeah, I kind of heard that nonsense before. I think there's very little evidence for that. Does that mean that Russia doesn't have um, expansionist uh, tendencies? Absolutely, they have expansionist tendencies. This is simply the latest one. But I point to a couple things, you know, if I, as I understand it, most of the money that's gone to Ukraine um, has come from the United States. Yes, there's been support from other nations, but the vast majority has come from the United States. Um, There's been no accounting for that money. There's no oversight of the money. It's been used for everything from funding the military to paying pensions and and boosting Ukrainian economy. So we're going to destroy our economy. We're going to hurt our economy to... um, Uh, fund a dictator in Ukraine and help him keep his economy up and running. So that was a big bone of contention. Apparently that's part of what was holding things up. Now, the other big contention is that uh, because of the late hour and the rush, the Republicans are doing exactly what they they complained that the Democrats were doing under the previous Congresses, and that is handing them large Pieces of legislation without sufficient time to read them. Again, pox on both their houses. Both sides do it. All right, here you go. Here's a, you know, I don't know how big this CR was. Here's a couple thousand page piece of legislation. We're voting in 15 minutes. I mean, nonsense like that. And uh, of course, um, Hakeem Jeffries, the leader of the Democrats in the House, he was trying to use parliamentary. Uh, maneuvers to get them some more time to push this back out Uh, was it because they wanted to read it or the question of Ukraine I don't know, I'm sure there was a little bit of both on either side and then of course, infamously, one of the members of the Democratic Party actually pulled a fire alarm, I believe in an attempt to delay the vote even further, although he claims he was just, he was confused he saw this big button that said Fire on it And you know fire alarms Like we've seen Every one of us has seen In every public building We've ever been in But somehow he thought That was supposed to open To unlock a door That's locked on the weekends I mean Really? So he had this whole big brouhaha And the um, Eventually This monstrosity gets passed But Paul If they didn't pass this monstrosity we the The, the United States would have shut down No it wouldn't the federal government would have slowed down. Look at previous shutdowns. The government never shuts down. You know what they do? They furlough unnecessary workers, meaning people they don't really need. They give them a vacation. And by the way, they give them, not only do they give them time off, right, because you furlough them, but they give them their back pay when they come to work. So they basically are getting a paid vacation with it's just the pay is deferred. It's a de- yeah, deferred paid vacation. And as I said, they're going to shut down national parks. Oh, my God. They shouldn't have national parks to begin with. It's un- There's nothing in the Constitution authorizing the federal government to run national parks. So, again, after months of infighting both inside the parties and between the parties, again, a lot of it, I believe, to spend money, the Constitution does not authorize Congress to spend money on Because you have to remember, Congress is only legally allowed to spend money on three things, to pay the debts of the United States, for the common defense of the United States, and for the general welfare of the United States, capital U, capital S, proper noun, meaning the union of states, not the several states, not the people, the union of states. The very same union in the 10th Amendment is told, if you're not told you can do this by the Constitution, you can't. If the power is not delegated to you specifically by the Constitution, it doesn't belong to you. It belongs to the states and to the people. So all of this is based, uh, it's all of this infighting, uh, I should say all of it, a lot of it is not over constitutional issues. It's over funding for unconstitutional programs. And both sides are doing it. So suddenly we get this, uh, uh, they, 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 you have the um, the last minute rush you have the, uh, the the last minute drop of a of a continuing resolution. You have attempts to delay, including pulling a fire alarm, and finally they vote and they pass it. and the Repu- and, and many Republican many Republicans voted for this continuing resolution, so you can thank them for it. And then something interesting happened. You see, as I understand it, the CR does not include funding for Ukraine but Mr. McCarthy got the votes from the Democrats by promising, guaranteeing funding for Ukraine in a a future bill. And this pissed people off. Among others, Matt Goetz, representative from Florida, who used a a parliamentary power created in the rules package in order to get Mr. McCarthy uh, to uh, uh, his speakership that allows a single representative to call for a motion to vacate the chair meaning a motion to oust the um the speaker of the house and he made such a motion and that motion passed now i want to talk a bit more about that um but i have to take a break first so uh, before i go though i hope that you'll head over to the website constitutionstudy.com uh, it's recently been through a, a, a complete remake. I, I've re- and changed the entire website. Um, it's got more news. It's got more other features. It's got other places you can get data, and uh, hopefully, there's there's mailing lists you can sign up for. There's products you can buy. There's all sorts of ways to help support the work that we're doing here. It takes a lot to produce this radio program, and my other articles and videos and all that great stuff it takes time, it takes money. And I'm really running low on both. So if you can support the work that we're doing here, either by going to the store and buying a, a a book or a T-shirt or a mug, or by simply donating to the cause, it would be greatly appreciated to keep this type of information coming. The, the, the points of view to look at the news from a constitutional standpoint um, would be, you know, it takes a lot. And I'm hoping that you'll join me. I also hope you check out the Patriots program, constitutionstudy.com slash Patriots. Um, The boot camp is up and running. The main guts of the the Patriots program is still a little bit in the works. I ran into some technical difficulties that kind of slowed things down, but this is a place where you can get more education about the Constitution, where we'll find better ways to communicate with each other about constitutional issues and find ways to help ourselves and help each other to apply the Constitution to protect our rights. So again, all that is available at the website constitutionstudy.com. Now, if there's another site I hope you check out, it's AmericaOutloud.news. I go there every day looking for news and information that I can share with you here on the radio program or on the website or any of my other products. Now, It's a great place to go to get these stories, these articles, these videos, these podcasts, but I want you to do something. See, it's, it's not enough to simply be there. You have to do something. The freedoms and rights we enjoy don't exist in a vacuum. They exist because people work to protect them. And one thing you can do is to take this information and share it. Think of it as seeds you spread in a field. It doesn't matter whether you spread to a lot of people or just a few. You need to spread this information. Because that, ladies and gentlemen, is how we secure the blessings of liberty.
1: and receive a 15% discount on either Falker with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're
0: ready for anything.
2: How can you improve your odds of staying healthy? The answer is stay healthy with CoFix RX. Who's got time for a cold, strep, a flu, HRV, RSV, or COVID anyhow? CoFix has some great news. Besides being featured as a top five product in the drugstore news, we completed the protocol that you've heard Dr. McCullough talk about. Just click the Co-fix RX banner on the America Out Loud website or store. Be sure to use promo code OUTLOUD25 at
3: checkout. Don't forget, OUTLOUD25 at checkout. The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. You've heard Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company discuss the harmful effects of spike protein in your body and now they found the solution the miracle enzyme natto kinase their spike support formula contains natto kinase, the most compelling and scientifically supported approach to safely clear spike protein out of the body what's more spike support is optimized with other all-natural non-gmo ingredients like dandelion root to help prevent spike protein from binding to your cells everyone should take daily spike support so you can feel your best America Out Loud listeners can go to OutloudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order.
0: Welcome back, Everyday Americans. You've rejoined the Constitutional Study. And today we're talking about, well, we're talking about the political parties and why I hate them both. Now, I talked a lot about the nonsense we're going through with the, the continuing resolution and the basically the dysfunction of Congress to do its most basic and fundamental duties to, uh, again, uh, to pass a budget, to pass appropriations bills, uh, to, so that the federal government can do at least what it's legally allowed to do. And as I mentioned before the break, uh, I want to take a look a bit at why people were voting first against the CR, and then second, uh, this move to ouster Mr. McCarthy as Speaker. Now, there's a lot of members that that have spoken out uh, about why they did not vote for the the CR. Uh, For example, Byron Donald says, I do not support today's flawed CR, which continues Pelosi's reckless spending, fails to secure our border, and pushes us closer to the fiscal brink. Uh, Let's see, Randy Weber said, I voted against the clean CR. We are $33 trillion in debt, and the American people can't afford to continue Nancy Pelosi's bloated spending levels. Uh, Eli Crane said, the status quo continues to put Americans last. We are $33 trillion in debt. Our border is in a state of crisis. Our leader is trying to jail his political opponent, and we're pumping billions of dollars into a proxy war. But Let's listen to uh, Representative Chip Roy in his own words.
4: Exactly right. I mean, look, $2 trillion of deficit spending this year on top of $33 trillion of debt. Uh, our interest alone is now e- eclipsing our defense spending.
0: Think about that for a second. We're getting to the point where the interest on the debt, we'll spend more on the interest on the debt than we do to defend our borders. That, that, does that sound like a fiscally sound situation to be in? All right, back to, uh, to Representative Roy.
4: We've got to do something about it. And frankly, I just want to be blunt. We're sitting here right now having a debate about how we can reduce, basically, non-defense discretionary spending. That is all of the bureaucracy in Washington for the most part. That entire spending is less than the deficit that we're going to have this year.
0: Think about that one. If his numbers are correct, the the where they're trying to fiddle around the edges to save some money is less than that 2 tr- Plus trillion dollars, I, I pointed out, it will, is our deficit for the last fiscal year. Again, that's not a serious way of dealing with with the the budget. I mean, it's like uh, ignoring the, the the amount of money you're paying for for your mortgage, your uh, car payments, your insurance, your credit card uh, interest, and saying we're going to fix everything by uh, you know cutting out. We're, we're we're our deficit is half of our income. It's like saying, I make $100,000 a year, I'm $50,000 a year in debt every year, and I'm going to fix this by buying one less latte at Starbucks every week. But there's another part of this, and and I want you to hear what Mr. Roy says, because I think it gets down to the root of the issue.
4: That entire spending is less than the deficit that we're going to have this year. In other words, we are spending every dollar we take in on so-called mandatory spending. And my Republican colleagues say, that's how we'll fix it, Chip. Don't worry. We'll have a commission and we will figure out how to fix the spending on Medicare and Social Security.
0: I want one more thing in here because Mr. Roy missed something. So he talked about uh, um, we spend, they, they, the federal government spends every dollar it takes in on, quote, unquote, mandatory spending. No, that is illegal spending. Medicare, Social Security—they are not legally created. They are not a power delegated to the United States. It is illegal. Our budget deficit problem is not a problem with the with constitutional actions. It is it is the funding of these illegal, unconstitutional agencies. But back to Mr. Roy.
4: But if you can't cut the funding to a Department of Justice that targets Scott Smith in Loudoun County or Mark Halk in Philadelphia or the former president with these ridiculous charges. If you can't cut that, if you can't cut spending where it's being wasted at a Department of Homeland Security and not securing the border, if you can't cut the Department of Education that's interfering with the educating of your kids, then how in the hell are you gonna touch Social Security and Medicare? Answer is you won't. We have got to have spine to do it across the board and lead. We were chosen by people to represent them up here in a republic. We have a duty to lead under the Constitution. We should do it. We should keep passing appropriations bills right now that cut spending. We should force the Senate to deal with it. We should secure the border of the United States or we should go the hell home.
0: I, I still agree with what Mr. Roy is saying, with one serious exception. See the problem is they weren't hired to represent them. Most people voted for their representative on their the representative's ability to bribe them for their vote, to promise them money, to promise them goodies, to promise them something for nothing in exchange for their vote, which is why we have spineless, cowardly representatives that are more worried about spending money to keep the votes rolling in than they are their actual oath. To the Constitution of the United States, you know, um, Milton Friedman did a speech. um, I've got a recording of it where he kind of explains the the whole myth that is underlying. Again, not only the vote, but the fact that uh, we can't get the continuing we 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 fight over continuing resolutions. We can't get the appropriations done. It all comes down to what he refers to as the the free lunch myth. I don't know how many of you have ever heard of a wonderful description of government that was made by a French economist by the name of Frederick Bastiat about 150 years ago. He said, Government is that fiction
5: whereby everybody believes that he can live at the expense of everybody else. And that is the free lunch myth the
0: myth that somehow or other government can provide goods and services, can spend money at nobody's expense. And that's, the to me, the origins of the problem. It's the myth, the belief that somehow we can spend money without somebody else paying for it, that we can continue to borrow money without somebody without having to pay for it, and that somehow, simply because Congress said, listen, you have to spend this money, means you actually have to spend the money. Congress doesn't have the authority to tell the American people what they must spend money on. The Constitution informs Congress on what they are allowed to spend money on now again this whole uh we'll call it the deep state, the swamp the uniparty, Party, whatever you want. this whole internal morass um has kind of led to a head, whether it's the 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 the, the this horrible c r or the uh allegation that um Mr McCarthy went behind the backs of house and made a a separate deal a secret deal in order to get the CR passed um his job was online, and it's been representative Matthew gets it's been pushing for this the the motion to vacate the chair now let's listen to representative Gates own words during an interview on CNN
5: speaker mccarthy made an agreement with house conservatives in january and since then he has been in brazen repeated material breach of that agreement Uh, this agreement that he made with democrats uh, to really blow past a lot of the spending guardrails we had set up is a last straw and then overnight i learned that kevin mccarthy had a secret deal with democrats on ukraine so as he was baiting Republicans to vote for a continuing resolution without Ukraine money, saying that we were going to jam the Senate on Ukraine, he then turns around and makes a secret deal. Now, I know you and I probably have different views on U.S. involvement in Ukraine, but however you think about that question, it should be subject to open review analysis and not some backroom deal. So, so I do motion attend- to vacate tomorrow? I do intend to file a motion to vacate against Speaker McCarthy this week. I think we need to rip off the band aid. I think we need to move on with new leadership that can be trustworthy.
0: And that's exactly what he did. He filed a motion to vacate the chair, and the motion carried. All the Democrats voted for it, and many of the Republicans voted for it as well, meaning there currently is no Speaker of the House. Now, there's, as I understand the rules, again, the House gets to determine how they choose their speaker and the rules for the House. So as I understand it, um, Mr. McCarthy uh, uh, appoints a successor. That successor's job is to keep the House running until a new speaker is chosen. They don't have any of the powers of the speaker, which, by the way, I believe are mostly unconstitutional anyway, but that's that's another discussion for another day. But we are in this again, and I've heard conflicting information as to whether or not a Speaker has been removed mid-term before. Some say never. Some say it was 115 years ago. You know what? I don't care. See, here's the interesting thing. If if Speaker McCarthy made a deal and set rules in place in order to um, win the votes necessary for Speaker and then violated those rules, he doesn't deserve to be Speaker. It's really just as to me as simple as that. If you're going to violate your oath, if you're going to violate your promises, you're not trustworthy, as Mr. Gett said, and we shouldn't trust you, and we shouldn't play political reindeer games because, well, we don't want to look bad. Too bad. The country's in trouble economically. We're it's a disaster. The very idea that um we've passed another continuing resolution with absolute, without spending restraints, without bringing some semblance of sanity to our spending, and we just kicked it down the road for 45 days so we can go through this all over again, proves that the Republican House is just as dysfunctional as the Democratic House was. I should say, not dysfunctional, fiscally irresponsible. The one thing I'll say about the Democrats is they were unified. But you know what? I'm glad. I'm glad to see members of the House with enough spine to say this, no, this is crazy. This is ridiculous, and we're not going to go along with it simply because it the the person happens to be a donkey has a donkey stamped on their head. versus I'm sorry, has an elephant stamped on their head rather than a donkey. Um, they just aren't enough for them. Again, I'm not always a fan of Mr. R- uh, McCarthy or Getz or Roy, but what we're seeing here is the the um in my mind is the outcome of decades of allowing stupid reindeer games by both parties that have left us fiscally unstable, uh, our border insecure, uh, our our money and our our treasure and blood spilt in overseas adventures that have little, if anything, to do with actually protecting the country and spending trillions of dollars on things that we're not authorized the united states is not authorized to spend money on and to prove that both political parties are just as corrupt as the other once mr getz uh announced he was going to have a motion to expel uh, i'm sorry have a motion to uh remove house speaker mccarthy several republicans worked on a motion to expel mr getz oh see you attack the Party they didn't look at why at, at, at why he was moving to uh, to vacate the chair. The lying, the cheating, the rules violations. nope doesn't matter. Uh, cheating, maybe cheating. I'm not you know, it, it, It's still an accusation that uh, Ms McCarthy made a behind the scenes deal. We don't care about that. he's a, he's a Republican. He has an elephant imprint on his head. You cannot go against it. That's the problem with the party. You put the party above everything else, and you know, the world, the corruption breeds like rabbits. Now, I'm not saying there's no difference between the parties. I'm not saying their agendas aren't radically different, but their methodology seems to be the same. We don't care about the rules, we don't care about our promises. We will use whatever things we can do, we'll we'll use these that we'll continue to, to spend money we don't have will refuse to stand on principle. And when we do stand on principle, well, either we eventually cave in or you, we go for your head. I mean, that's basically what's happening to Mr. Gatz, right? You actually stood up and said, listen, I think this guy is corrupt. I think he's violated, he, he, he's not kept his promises. He's violated the rules we've put in place. Therefore, we should question whether or not he should be chair. And for that, there are those who are trying to get him expelled. I find that very interesting when you even bring up the question, when, when the question of expelling a member for intentionally delaying a vote by pulling a fire alarm in Congress, people were apoplectic. How dare you do that? Remember a case, uh, uh, AOC? How dare you call for expulsion without even looking into what's going on? Oh, but if it's a Republican, see, that's fine. Have you heard this on the media? I found this buried in, in, in an article from discern report um i haven't heard anybody saying why are you looking to get rid of mr Getz before you even investigate if what he did was wrong again did he violate a house rule oh no he violated the unwritten rule thou shalt not question thy party leadership people ask me paul why don't you run for congress because i wouldn't put up with nonsense like this I don't support the party leadership. I don't support a party. I don't even support an individual. I support policies. If the policy is constitutional, I'll consider it. If it's unconstitutional, I won't support it no matter how good I think it is. And that's a standard that is sadly missing, not just in Congress, not just in the federal government, but in our state and local governments as well. So we look at this dysfunctional mess. And by the way, I'm working on an article that will show you even more just how evil these political parties have become. So keep your eye out on that. That's should be that been an interesting one I've been working on. Now, listen, I got some more stuff I want to look at, but for the moment, I, I have to take another break. Before I go, though, do you realize how important a good night's sleep is to your health? a lot of people use supplements. My, my wife does. My wife has always had a problem sleeping. Uh, she uses things like, uh, so she used to use things like melatonin and other hormone-based supplements that, well, they can actually throw your, horm- your, your sleep-wake cycle all out of whack. Thankfully, the only time I generally have problems sleeping is when I'm on the road. And uh, I found a product that seems to work pretty well. It's called Restful Sleep. It uses natural ingredients to calm the mind, to reduce stress, so you get a better night's sleep without the use of of hormones. It includes things like uh, chamomile, valerian root, again, natural herbs designed to calm the mind, steady the soul, relieve stress so you can fall asleep. It's gluten-free, vegetarian, and manufactured right here in the good old U.S. of A., it is backed by documented research and vetted by the chief medical board of the Wellness Company. Now, as an America Out Loud listener, you can get 25% off Restful Sleep or any of their products. You can also get 25% off your first month of membership if you use the code Out Loud. So please go to the Wellness Company, check out Restful Sleep or any of their products. When you put your cart together, be sure to use the code Loud. It lets them know that you listen to America Out Loud and as a thank you, you get 25% off the products and 25% off your first first month of membership.
2: World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. Go to outloudcare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. AmericaOutloud.news is beaten to the pulse of our nation. We know when you're angry, troubled, misled, joyful, and thankful. We know you because we are you. Join us as we explore the most important issues of our time. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity.
0: Welcome back, Everyday Americans. You rejoin the Constitution study today. Uh, pox on both their houses. Why I cannot stand political parties. You know, there's a, a weekly uh, Zoom call I'm on almost every week. And in that call, there's a couple people, one of them fairly prominent, that is, well, they're all in on the Republicans. I mean, they've gone all in. All their bets are on either Trump or the Republican Party um and by the way there is a difference but uh, that I'm not here to spend much but uh, th- that's their 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 golden goose that's how they figure we're going to survive as a nation i don't like the republican party really much more than i like the democratic party but then I, there's a an author michael lewis who's written a book about um sam bankman-fried the uh founder of of ftx and um uh, he also did an interview, I believe it was on 60 Minutes. And he had some very interesting things to say. He he met uh, Bankman-Fried. They were going to get on an airplane and they were going somewhere. I don't know where, but uh, Mr. Bankman-Fried was going to meet and talk with uh, Mitch McConnell, the Republican leader in the Senate.
1: What is the subtext of this dinner is, Sam is gonna write tens of millions of dollars of checks to a super PAC that Mitch McConnell is then gonna use to get elected people who are not hostile to democracy. Wait,
2: so Mitch McConnell has a list of Republican candidates who are sort of on the playing field for democracy versus what he deemed outside.
1: He and his people had done the work to distinguish between actual deep Trumpers and people who were just seeming to, to approve of Donald Trump, but were actually willing to govern.
2: Bankman-Fried ended up giving multi-millions in support of Republican candidates. Back in 2020, Bankman-Fried had ranked among Joe Biden's biggest donors.
0: Okay, I got to stop there just a second, because you realize what he just said. Um, Mitch McConnell, Bankman-Fried, and possibly even Mr. Lewis, believes that uh, not allowing people their choice for leader protects democracy, which is an oxymoron since, well, democracy is the people legislating, um, I know some people say a republic is a form of democracy. It's not true, but uh, you're basically saying we are going to be more democratic by denying people a democratic choice. And he literally, they put it that way, is it wasn't a question of, you know, any uh, never-Trumpers. It was, you know, listen, if these people support Trump, they are attacking, quote-unquote, democracy. Kind of goes to show just as, as evil and corrupt that the Republican Party is as a Democrat. The was, Mitch McConnell was willing to accept millions and millions and millions of dollars in order to keep the leading Republican out of office because he didn't like him. He didn't like him. Not whether or not the Republican, members of the Republican Party liked him. He didn't like him. But there's something else going on here that, that's even weirder.
2: As 2024 approached, he planned on spending more, albeit in the most unconventional way. One of the most shocking passages in this book, I thought, came with this revelation that Sam had looked into paying Donald Trump not to run.
1: That only shocks you if you don't know Sam. <laughs> Sam's saying we could pay Donald Trump not to run for president. Like how much would it take? Did he get an answer? So he did get an answer. He was floated. There was a number that was kicking around. And the number that was kicking around when I was talking to Sam about this was $5 billion. Sam was not sure that number came directly
2: from Trump. Wait, wait. So, so Sam's looking into paying Trump not to run. And he actually get, didn't not come from Trump himself, but he actually got a price? He got one answer, yes.
1: The question Sam had was not just is $5 billion enough to pay Trump not to run. But was it legal? Well, why didn't this happen? Why didn't you follow through? Well, they were still having these conversations when FTX blew up. So why didn't it happen? He didn't have $5 billion anymore.
0: So we have a billionaire that claims to, that wanted to buy off a candidate to prevent them to keep so that they wouldn't run. And he claims to support democracy? What warped and twisted version of democracy runs through these people's heads? Now again, he didn't say that he said he got a number. he didn't say where it came from. It didn't know if it came from Trump or not uh so I, i'm I'm not saying you know what is going, but the only reason he didn't try was he didn't have billions of dollars anymore now compare listen to that and then remember what we learned about in the twenty twenty election when um uh, Mark Zuckerberg and his wife gave almost half a billion dollars in order to influence. The, the, the board of electors in different counties that would um uh let's say let's say would tended to vote democratic and he wanted to give them money so that they would have the tools to help get people registered and get out the vote and get people to vote. But he only gave it he gave it primarily not only to primarily to democratic quote unquote democratic leaning counties and and precincts. Does that sound anything like democracy to you? Does it sound it certainly doesn't sound like a republic. But again, we see the power brokers in the political parties are on both parties are just as involved in this type of I don't know if Chuck Schumer's done something like this to get uh, Bernie Sanders to not run. I don't know the details. But what we see is the the corruption in both political parties Makes them inherently untrustworthy to govern. If you're saying, well, well, he supports, he's, they're willing to govern. No, they're not. They're willing to be bribed. If you're telling me that simply giving people money will get them to vote the way you want, that's bribery. If you're talking about giving money to people who you support, well, okay. But at least uh, Bankman-Fried was concerned. He goes, "Is this legal? Can I legally buy them off?" a presidential candidate. Um they never he never he never got that far. But it goes to show you, the a pox on both their houses. They're both evil and I want nothing to do with either of them. Now listen, I I want to shift gears, right? Cuz this is just maddening, it's infuriating. There's a couple things I want to touch base on again. Um the uh, uh the Supreme Court term has opened. Uh the court has heard a couple of cases. There's one that is one of the ones I'm following, and that is Consumer Financial Protection Bureau versus Community Financial Services Association of America. This has to do with the um the question of uh, the CFPB being funded outside of congressional control. And uh, I haven't gone through the the transcript of the arguments yet. Um, I may do that and and talk about it later because it is one of the cases that I'm following and I want to keep an eye on um, just not only for my information, but for yours as well. Another one, this is kind of a, a complete sidebar. Uh, there's been a lot of talk about the, the building of different factories in the U S around electric vehicles and batteries and, and lithium processing and all that stuff. Well, one of these electric battery factories is being built apparently in Kansas and um, uh, Apparently, this plant uses so much power. Um, their local power company was going to have to continue burning coal in order to actually power the plant to build the batteries to get us off fossil fuel. It just shows how uh, you know it, it's one of those. It sounds like a great idea until you get to the details and you find out that the the, the technology isn't there yet. I'm not saying it never will be there. We do not have the technology yet to move to an all electric uh, uh, system. Net zero is a myth. It's not going to happen because you don't have the, the technology doesn't exist yet. Doesn't mean we shouldn't work on it. Doesn't mean we won't find it one day. Just means that we're not there yet. Uh, lastly today, I want to talk about a saga that's been going on here in Tennessee for quite a while. I mean it goes back to what, I think, April of this year, when um three members of the Tennessee House decided to disrupt the proceedings um to get their point across. And of course, they were censured and ex- and two of them were no, sorry, three of them were there were four people that tried, three of them were expelled. Um uh no, sorry, three of them tried, two of them were expelled. I'm losing track, it's been so crazy. Uh well, they both the 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 ones that were expelled got reappointed by their their local governments then they won re-election in November and now they are suing the uh speaker of the house of representatives now according to a report in the epoch times the suit claims violations of both of article 1 of the US constitution the first amendment and the 14th amendment of that constitution i can't figure out how article 1 would be involved cuz article 1 is the creation of the federal, the U.S. Congress, not the Tennessee legislature? Um, the First Amendment makes no sense because the First Amendment says Congress shall make no law abridging the freedom of speech, and Congress didn't make this rule. The question really is: Is it the Fourteenth Amendment? Because the Fourteenth Amendment doesn't include a free speech clause, but it does says you cannot be denied um, life, liberty, or property without due process of law. Now, I've I've been looking for the actual suit. I haven't found the complaint yet. Uh, so I'm doing. I'm going off of the Epoch Times reporting, but they said according to one of the the uh, the, the plaintiffs, Mr. Jones, time and again over the past year, defendants have blocked Representative Jones from expressing views on critical issues that he was elected to express, ensuring that viewpoints dissenting from their own are silenced, neither heard nor spoken. Uh, this censorship violates the Constitution of Tennessee and of the United States and is anathema to a free and democratic society. All right, let's stop there for a second. Um, does the a member of the House have the right to say whatever he wants, whenever he wants, for however long he wants, at the podium of the House? Um, no. No, your your right to free speech doesn't include taking over property that's not yours see the, the 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 podium at the at the house doesn't belong to the representatives it belongs to the people of Tennessee so he wasn't denied speaking he was denied the opportunity to use the to to, to speak in that location a location that he did not own a location that he did not control based on rules as i understand it that he had a vote on and lost meaning as I've I've talked to my representative, and he said it was quite common for the House to be debating a bill on one subject, and Mr. Jones to go on and on and on about, you know, he would say something about that subject, and then he'd go on and on and on and on about subjects that were not pertinent to the discussion at hand, a violation, by the way, of Robert's rules of order, which is why he was shut down. So, I'm not sure what he said, where in the sense I, I want to look a little deeper, but it's this you know, if I don't get my way, then I'll kick and scream and I guess, you know, try lawfare. I'll, I'll use the courts to try and turn a deliberative body into my, his own soapbox. That's what I've heard from, by the way, multiple members of the Tennessee House directly, people I've spoken to directly, not hearsay, right? This is different. I'm referring it to you. I don't have permission to use your name, so I won't. But I've heard this directly from people that this is was his modus operandi. But again, we're dealing with party politics. You see, Mr. Jones is a Democrat, so you have a Republican-controlled House. He doesn't get his way. Uh, he acts like a child. He gets expelled for it. His political partisans back home simply get him put him back into place. And now he's going to use the courts to do, to, to do this. Now, who knows what's going to happen? Right? I, I'm. Uh, I don't know whether the the, the uh, uh I know it's a federal complaint so I'm assuming it's going to be in the district court for ten, for Nashville uh but who knows what's going to happen but again what do we see we see party politics over plain common sense over a civil society you know I, I love the fact that a a representative um is worried about not having a a democratic uh, a system, a democratic society. We don't have a democratic. We have a republican society, and I don't mean Republican as Republican Party, as in we choose electors, and those electors are required to follow rules. Now I do want to. I do want to give him this fair shot. I want to look at the complaint and see if which, if any, of his his complaints actually hold water. Um, if I do, I'll bring it back to you, and I'll let you know. But I just look at the state of this country and say the political parties have turned this into a circus. This is effectively a two-ring circus. You've got the donkey ring, and you've got the elephant ring, and they're frequently butting up against each other, and they frequently overlap, which is why I say a pox on both their houses. I, I do not, I refuse to vote for somebody simply because they have a D or an R after their name simply because they claim to be a donkey or an elephant. I refuse. I, I won't play this stupid game anymore. I know a lot of people do, and I'm, I'm, I'm saddened by it, but I won't. I'm not going to play stupid games to win stupid prizes. I'm not playing the game The Lesser of Two Evils anymore. I, look, I make a decision based on the constitutional, ethical uh, position of the individual of the policies they hold and the policies they support. People complain about money in politics. Well, we have money in politics because people take money in politics and because the American people are bribed by money in politics. You vote for somebody because they've got the better ads on TV or the better flyers or or they hold the better campaign events. How stupid is that? People complain about the gridlock, in, gridlock in, in Congress, which, by the way, I think gridlock in Congress is a very good thing, but they complain about it while supporting the very entities that are creating the gridlock, the contention. You complain about partisanship when it's you're funding the very organizations that are generating this partisanship. And the only time they get together in a bipartisan manner, it seems to be to strip you of cash or rights. But we keep voting. We keep hiring these people, and then we wonder why they keep doing what they've been doing. We keep doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different outcome, which Einstein said was a definition of insanity. Are we going to wake up from this nightmare? Are we going to be cured of our insanity? Or are we going to follow these donkeys and these elephants right over the cliff into oblivion and tyranny? Now, you know what's not insane? Coming back and joining us here for the Constitution Study every weekday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time on America Allow Talk Radio, heard on the iHeartRadio network. Can't listen then? That's not a problem. All the episodes go to podcasts generally a day or two after they're heard on the radio. You can listen in your favorite podcast app, but do me a favor subscribe to the show, leave us ratings and reviews. It helps other people find the Constitution Study and join us in waking up far from our insanity. You can find all the links you need on the homepage at news But as everything else, don't simply listen to them. Be part of the solution, not part of the problem. How? By sharing. So every time you share a link or a story or a page, you're helping to share the blessings of liberty.